Hey, Andy Jenkins back, and I wanted to share with you today uh, really some of the stuff that's coming up. One of the things that I'm really excited about coming up is the well, it's this event that I do. I told you about it in the last episode. It's the Men's Advance, and what that is is a workshop that we do. I do with uh, two of my friends, Les Wright and Varick Birchfield. Man, we did the first one of those. It seems like it was about three years ago. And had no idea that when we put this thing together for about 20-ish guys, about 20, 25 guys maybe, we were in Memphis, Tennessee, had this amazing time. And we had no idea that it would turn into what it has turned into, which is a regular thing that we do about every five or six months. We've been to some of the biggest, best cities in the U.S. It's just this weekend where we get guys together and and help them. We, We name it Advance because we're helping guys move forward rather than retreating. And that has everything to do with them living their destiny. It has everything to do with them succeeding in business, succeeding in life, health, fitness. Uh, Honestly, this thing started as a business workshop. Started really because our wives found themselves all in the same. They were all in the same home-based business. And um, they won this trip and we were um, in Hawaii. And I remember interacting with, with Varick there. And it was great because that that company that Christie's involved in and the company that Varick's wife, Crystal, is involved with, um, really it's, it's predominantly a, a women's. It's in the health and wellness industry. And because of that, there's there are very few guys that were interacting, and uh, there are very few guys ever at, at any meetings. And in fact, I've, t- I've told the story before that uh, one of the first events that I went to with this company was it was actually in Birmingham, Alabama, and there were probably a thousand people there. It was on a Saturday evening, and I remember they were unveiling a new product. It was kind of this kickoff of this new uh, health product, and that helps you with, with energy and uh, feeling alert. It, and it's, it's a product I use all, all the time and regularly. And, and I remember my wife, she asked me, Christy said, um, hey, well, hey, you know, would you like to go to that event with me? You know, go out to eat with some friends beforehand and then we can go. And so I thought, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. It, that sounds, sounds, sounds fine. Uh, I wasn't overly excited about it, but I wasn't unexcited about it. I mean, I was going to get to hang out with her, get to go out, and eat and do some things together, just have a night out. And um, and she came back with this, well, hey, what do you think about this? Our, our team, and she was on, on a team um, that had started uh, developing and creating business tools and training opportunities for us. So she, was, she was a member of that team. She said, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about wearing a shirt? Our team's made these team t-shirts. And, you know, if you could wear one of those, that'd be great. And... Uh, you know, that kind of like show your support for the whole thing. I'll, I'll have one and, you know, there'll be lots of guys there. That, that was key. There'll be lots of guys there. I'll have one, lots of guys there. They'll have theirs. You know, you wear one and, you know, kind of all be a team. And so I thought, well, yeah, sure. Great. I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, she gave me a couple times opportunities to back out of the T-shirt and not, not wear it. Um, but, but, but I did, you know, and after all, I kind of rationalized that, um, she had been to plenty of places for me that she didn't necessarily want to go. This wasn't something I was against. It was something that I was actually for. And, and realistically, anytime I wanted her to go somewhere, she, she totally would have won and worn the shirt. She, she, would, have, she would have worn it. And so uh, I remember we, we went to eat dinner that night with two of our friends. And as soon as we got there, I remember jumping out of the car and looking. I had my T-shirt on. I'd, I'd brought another jacket type thing I could wear over that shirt. 
And the first thing I noticed when I got out of the car is he didn't have a shirt on. I, I even like you know said something like, "Hey, like he didn't have a shirt," and Christy gave me the out. She's like, "Well, you know, you can you can put on the other shirt if you want to. You don't have to wear this t-shirt." And um, you know, and I, I opted to keep it on again. And so I, I ate dinner, had on my team t-shirt. And it sounds funny, laughable, like looking hindsight, right? That I didn't have it on, or made it made a deal out of it. Um, but but I kept it on, and we went to dinner, and then we went to the event. And when I dropped them off at the door, I had to park, and lots of cars there because a thousand people, you know. And so I remember parking at Ross Bridge was where they had this big event. That's kind of a hotel resortish type center in this really nice suburban community here um, outside of Birmingham. Uh, kind of a Mayberry-ish type, new, hip, ultra-modern Mayberry-ish type thing. Made to look old with sidewalks and, you know, streets that are uh, narrow or cars go slow through them and lots of public parks and walking spaces and, you know, you know your neighbors and hang out on the front porch, that type of area. And so uh, we were out there at their conference center. It's right there on this really posh golf course. And so I dropped them off at the door. And I remember as I did, I looked in and the first thing I noticed was I, I didn't see any guys there, uh, maybe one, holding the door. And I certainly didn't see any T-shirts on any guys. Um, but I, I parked the car and I, I put on, I had this like sweater vest thing, like that's going to somehow minimize the T-shirt, right? And uh, I don't know why I was so self-conscious about this, but I, I, I wore it and I went inside and I, I met a few other guys, and even the guys that were putting on the event, and, and there were just, I saw really that night, maybe five guys, five total, plus the executives from the company. So, so maybe for certain, less than 10 guys out of a thousand people there, okay? And plus hotel workers and all that, there would have been some guys, but not many. And I didn't see many guys in shirts, lots of gals in shirts. Now here's here's what's bizarre about that thing. Like that that's just kind of the tone of what this was. It was it's an amazing company, and our wives had hit you know incredible success at this point. Um, by this point, Christy had already um, achieved some milestones in the business, whereby she had been able to p- pay cash for the braces for two of our kids, and uh, we were we were paycheck to paycheck at the time, and and she had done some amazing things. She had won a trip that we were about to take to go all expenses paid for two people to Hawaii. And so it's kind of laughable with all that setup that I'd be thinking, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But but here's what I'm getting at. I've noticed that before, before you get married and when guys are single, they really don't want to go anywhere unless unless there are women present. In fact, that that might be the first question that a guy asks. Hey, if he's going to go somewhere, is um, if you invite him and he's a single guy, hey, are there any gals that are going to be present? Anybody that's available that's going to be there? Well, after guys get married, you, you know they're they're spoken for. They've got a spouse. They've got a significant other, and the dynamic really changes. And the dynamic changes such that they really don't want to go anywhere extra like that unless there are going to be men there. And so maybe a tip for some of you women who are kind of listening and wanting kind of, you know, to know, well, um, you know, I, I want to get my husband on board with the same business your wife is on board or I'm involved in that. You know us from those circles and you're wondering, well, how do I get him on board? Well, well, that's how. And a lot of times I've noticed that guys really, I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying this is fair, but really we hear things better from other men. And 
again, I'm not saying that's right, but but I do think there's this element where, where even we see it in the Bible where iron sharpens iron, and in the same way that iron sharpens that, the countenance of one man, which is really the face of one man, I meaning you have to be up close, you have to be in near proximity. You, you can't just do this from afar. Like, Text messaging and social media and email and all these, you know, I'm grateful for technology. I use that. I have, you know, classes online and I send out emails every week. And, you know, I'm grateful that I've got some guys I can send text messages to and receive encouragement from. But what I've noticed is those relationships are better when we have time that's face to face. And there is this element where guys hear it better from other guys, particularly they hear it from guys that they can interact with face-to-face, where they, where they can see the flaws in that guy, and they can see simultaneously the glory in that guy, and they can appreciate the glory without um, negating the flaws. And they can speak to the flaws and help sharpen that guy without negating the glory. Like Those both can be their intention, and we can help each other, and we can shape each other. And the ways guys interact with each other is way different than the way guys interact with women. It's way different than the way women interact with women. I remember uh, a couple of months into Christie's business venture, I was writing a book related to that whole thing. I'll, I'll pop a link to it in the show notes right there where you can you can, you can just kind of see it and log on later and, and see what it is. Um, and, and if you want to, like, at that link, there'll be a video where you can just kind of see, like, you know, what, what I'm teaching about and talking about in, in that book. And I remember as I was writing that, she had the joy, uh, and, and I say that so tongue-in-cheek and so kind of loosely, you know, the joy of, of editing it. And, and really, she needed to because she understood that business a lot, a lot better than I did. She, she still does. She's still incredible at it. And I remember she'd read it, and, and she would think, what, what, like, you you really think like this? Like, this is this is how you do, th- like, this is really, like, you, you wrote this sentence. Like, this is how you this is how guys think. And at the time we'd been married like 15, 16 years. And you know, we're still, there's still these aha moments. Right. And um, like there, there's still these, like, where did that come from type things? And she would just tell me like, yeah, women, we don't, we don't think that way. Like that's not that we're like, we're so different is what I'm getting. We, we, we are wired and we perceive the world around us differently like we see things uniquely and so um, at any rate that's kind of this long way of telling you I'm, I'm, I'm finally on this event I'm in Hawaii and I, I interact with Varric and um, I spent some time you know running and get to know him as we're running on the streets and you know in, in the morning early at 6 a.m. getting in these four or five six miles seven mile run and, and our, you know that's different like women would just sit down and eat and talk and chat and they, they'd figure it out guys have to like got to be doing something like, like slaying a giant right and so after that weekend of interacting with him interacting with some other men we just had this idea that golly we, we should all get together again and and so we did and we created this little miniature event it was called in advance and we did it in Memphis Tennessee because that was the most central location that we could all drive to most of us were coming from either Kansas City which is kind of his contingency or Birmingham which is kind of where we were and then some other guys kind of smattered from other nearby areas and so we just picked it based on proximity and it was this this time that we saw that no matter where guys were uh meaning all different places 
on the faith spectrum, uh, all different places. And, and there's my train that's coming in. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, all different places on the faith spectrum, all different places on physical health, all different places on the spectrum of where, where they were even in, in that business. But we saw that it was this beautiful moment where, man, just for that weekend, we could really speak into and shape each other so much so that by the end of the weekend, you know, guys were um, wanting to do it again already. And, and I tell you this, like some of the stuff that we were nervous about turned out to be some of the greatest things. Like there was this, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about this, there's this Sunday morning um, session. We, we, were, we did the first event on Friday uh, night. We did it Saturday, a couple sessions. We went and watched a baseball game. We, we always do something fun at these events. And then we had a Sunday morning session because we, we didn't have to check out of the hotel till like 1 o'clock. And we had the room, you know, for um, more hours that morning because we had it in 24-hour blocks. And so we had it from like noon on Friday until noon on Saturday and from noon on Saturday until noon on Sunday. So right, well, we've got it. Let's just use it. You know, we've got the room. Let's take advantage of the room. And so the plan on Sunday morning was really just to build these guys up in faith and to tell these guys really how amazing, how awesome, and how gifted that they truly are and how they are created for greatness and that that greatness is already inside of them. Like I really wanted to have this session where we just call forth the gold that was there. That that maybe like no no matter how much coal that they had walked through during the week going to the mines and working, right? That 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 diamond was there. And let's bring it out, let's polish it, let's shine, and let's let them go back home in all that glory. And so we, we decided we were gonna have this time like at the at the end of that session where um, I, I would pray for one guy just out loud just right there and bless him and honor him and then the plan was I thought Varric would pray for and bless the next guy and then I thought Les would pray for and bless the third guy and then I would do it again with the fourth guy and then you know one of them with the fifth guy and then another one with the sixth guy and then me with the seventh guy and what happened was so I I pray and speak life over the first guy and he, he is touched like emotionally, like he responds and he's being built up because most of the time guys are beaten down and there's so much sarcasm and so much, you know, just negativity. And so for other men just to call out the greatness in him right there in front of other guys is huge. And so I did this and this guy's emotionally touched. He's crying. You know, I'm starting to cry, which I don't, I don't do that much. Les is starting to cry. Varric is, and then Varric goes to pray or, and he prays for the same guy. And then when Les goes to pray, he prays for the same guy. And so when it comes back to my turn, I'm like, well, I, I guess, you know, Varric takes the lead on this next guy and it's my turn. So I just think, well, I'll just pray for that same guy again. And so like guy number two gets hit three times and guy number three gets hit three times and guy number four gets hit three times. And so we we, we just, it, it takes forever. It takes like what, what would have taken like 15 or 20 minutes takes like 45 minutes, but nobody's moving. Like it's 
like people are soaking it because they, they only know what you're going to say about the other guy. Like these are their friends. These are guys they've been hanging out with for, for some in some situations years, but certainly like after a weekend of just kind of hanging out together and eating late night and you know just being fun and learning some deep truths and man after just kind of the emotional funs and highs and serious and everything in between like you're wanting to know what is said about other guys because you know it's going to be positive and also they're wanting and waiting for you to breathe life into them and so it becomes this contagious beautiful moment that really springboards the thing to where we know when we leave, like it's going to have that tone um, from now on where it's going to breathe life into people and guys are looking forward to it to get completely built up. And so um, we developed this event and we keep doing it and we do it like that June and then we do it that September and we do it the next March and then we do it the next fall and then we do it the next spring and the next fall and the next spring. And here we are at 8.0. And over the last few runs at it, we've really developed this material that um, we've steered more away from business. We still talk about that some. Um, but, but, but more and more, like progressively, like we've gotten this idea that the call that is on this event is really to just bolster and breathe life into these guys and to show them really who they are, not who the world says they are, not who sometimes they even believe they are, but but who God says they are, like who they're really designed to be. Like this, this is what you see in Jesus all the time. I've told you this before that you see him calling forth the greatness in people even before they see it themselves. Like you see him calling out, I've used the example before on here where he looks at Simon um, by the way, Simon's name means shifting sand, reed, twig. It means flimsy. And you see him calling out the gold in Simon, calling out the diamond in Simon and saying, hey, you're, you're not reed, you're rock. And he calls him the rock long before he is the stalwart, before he is the one that's kind of the first among equals of all the disciples. Like he calls him, he calls him rock, um, back when he's so rock-like that he'll step out on water and then he'll sink, which is, you know, more than I've done. Like, he calls him rock back when he denies Jesus, right? Uh, he calls that rock who is going to lead and love and and bring forth the message of grace and, and be so strong that like in Acts 3, you see him just healing people with the word. Like, hey, just in the name of Jesus, I say, arise and walk. Like, he doesn't even pray. Like, he's so rock. He just he just commands it, and it just happens. And you see him so rock-like that in Acts 5, people uh, see the power of God moving in Simon Peter so strongly that um, they'll figure out what his routine is, what his routine is for the day, and they'll just go sit sick people wherever his shadow might fall because they know when he walks by, if his shadow even falls on them, like, not even his whole self, just just the shadow falls on, they'll be healed. That's rock. But you see Jesus call it forth in him long before he sees it, long before he even believes it himself. And this is really what I think it gets to when we start talking about this advance, is helping guys move forward, move forward into something that they may not even see that has everything to do with really who they are and what's been destined for them. There's this great passage in Scripture. It's in Ephesians um, 2, 
Uh, it's in Ephesians 2, 8 uh, and following where it says, by, by grace you've been saved. By grace, not, not of your works, not of anything you've done, so no one can boast. It's by grace. And Paul says that God destined you for good works. He foreordained you for good works that you would walk in. But like there's this destiny for you that is so beautiful. And the same grace that saves you is the grace that empowers you to then walk into that destiny. Like, like, let me just read it here. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. I, I just flipped. I just found it. By, by grace, you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. And I love this next verse. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. We are His, the Greek word there is, we are His poema. We are His, you recognize the word there, we are His poem. We are His, we are His art. We are His, uh, insert any kind of creative masterpiece in there. Like all through the scripture, you see these ideas of the potter and the clay. You see that in the book of Jeremiah. You see that in Romans, that God is somehow this master craftsman, and we are His art. And He is shaping us, and He is molding us, and He is making something incredibly beautiful. Like that poema, like we use that word for poem now, right? Like it is, it, it defies logic. It defies exclamation, not not that it's anti-logic, it's just so much more than what can be reduced just to bullet points, Like, like your destiny and my destiny and who you are and who I am and the things that God has ordained for you, like those can't be reduced down just to a few pithy sayings. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not always reduced to a tweetable. Right, like it, it's not something that's just Instagramish. It's it's so much more. Like there's glory and there's grandeur and there's art, and you're created for it. Like it's what you're designed for, and you're designed for it so that you can do and experience these great things that He's foreordained for you to do. Like literally, you are to to use the word that we use. You, you are to advance, to show up for the life that He is already destined for you. like and, and yes, you get to figure it out, and you get to the joy of somehow simultaneously writing that script and somehow simultaneously already putting it all together, yet you know that it is it is a setup. It is put together for you. Like, like it's it's there, like He's He's already ordained that it. it's it's this path that that is beautiful. And, and, and what I'm seeing is that the advance is most often the greatest work that happens with these guys is the work that happens in them. And I, I really believe that the Lord wants to do something in them and do something, well, I'd say it like this, like God wants to do something to you so that you're tooled so that He can continue doing incredible things through you. Like He wants to do something to you so that you can do things through you. Right, and there's this idea that we call forth, where it's like theologians call it the imago d, like the i m a g o d day or d day, like d e i imago d is how some people pronounce it. Some people say imago day. It's a tomato, tomato. We should. It's the idea of this image of God 
that's in every person. And and literally, it's it's like we're, we're calling forth that, calling forth that creativity, calling forth that destiny, calling forth that stewardship role that God gave Adam and Eve to, to bless the work of their hands and to bless where they went and to bless their mind with, with incredible ideas. Do you see to where, where they're free to, to create art, they're free to dance, to sing, to strategize, to write, to build, to create, to make incredible business decisions, to, to reveal things to other people, to explain things, to invent things, to, to, to some people to cook or to, 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 to somehow organize and to enhance and make things better just because they're there. And that's that's the essence of the advance. Now, there's this great story that we've written. My, my dad was a pastor. In fact, my dad, um, he, he still kind of is. He has this different role now. He retired a couple years ago, but he still like works with churches, and he still um, gets to speak and talk. And he, he's actually going to this event. This is the first one he's been able to go to because he's been working on all the weekends. And we always do these like on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so he's, he's rolling with me to this event. And there's this story that he used to tell. Uh, he told lots of stories. And, and one of them was about this guy that walks up on these other guys and he sees these guys that are building this cathedral. And he, and he sees these guys that are chiseling away at the rock and he walks up to one guy and he says, um, well, what are you doing? And, and the visitor looks at the work, worker and the worker's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm chiseling at a rock. I'm, I'm build, building a, a block, I'm chiseling it and building. And he's there tinkering with the chisel and with his hammer and you can hear it, the ding, 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 the, the clink, clink, clink. And he's working, it's at a work site, you know, lots of guys building. And he's like, well, what, 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 like what, what's going on? Like, how long, how long have you been doing this? And it's the middle of the day, and the guy's like, oh, I've been doing this like 30 years, just chiseling and building blocks. And you know, and you can tell the guy's agitated. And so the visitor goes and talks to a second guy. And when he gets to that second guy, uh, he interacts with him much in the same way. He goes, hey, what, what are you up to? Build, building a block. And the second guy says, well, yeah, I'm, I'm building blocks. And well, how long have you been here? Well, man, I've been here since about, you know, eight this morning and you know I got a lunch break right now and notice he didn't answer it in the same way it wasn't like 30 years it was like he was just referencing it from that moment in time and he says well what what are you doing with these blocks like you're building blocks and the guy says oh yeah like this is going to be a block that's going to go somewhere near that cornerstone and he points over at this cathedral that they're building and he says, this block goes in that line right there. Like it's going to fit together and it's going to fit together. And there's going to be a wall right there. And that wall is going to start forming this building. And this building is going to go up in a few years. We'll have this massive stone cathedral. And the visitor there marvels because one guy, the first guy, just knew what he was doing. He was building some blocks. He was creating some blocks and the second guy knew how the blocks all fit together. Like he, he wasn't just making a block. He was there was a how to it. There, there was some some strategy to it. There, there was something more to it. And he, he moves on to the third person. He talks to the third craftsman. The third craftsman interacts with them in this way. He says, "Yeah, I'm I'm building a block, and it's going into that cathedral. But this cathedral is a place that's going to point people." To God. Like, do you see what's going on there? Like, he didn't just know a what he's doing block. He didn't just know how, oh, this fits in line with something. He knew really the reason 
why he was doing it. It had a greater purpose. And so the, the visitor goes on and he, he keeps walking and he bumps into a fourth craftsman. And that, that's what he's realizing these guys are, is craftsmen. And he says, so I, I see you're building a cathedral. Like, that sounds pretty marvelous. And, and the guy, he stops and he says, oh, man, yeah, it's a cathedral, but you don't know the half of me. This is a cathedral that, yeah, it's going to point people to God. But so he gets that why. But he says, man, th- this is going to be amazing because this is a place where for generations, babies are going to be dedicated. And fathers are going to give their daughters in marriage and sons are going to take wives and wives are going to be there with their friends and family. This is a place that will be a hub for this community where people who need help can get it and people who need prayer can find it and people who need healing are going to get it because of the people that are here. And and you see like there's this shift where it's it's not it's not just the what's going on, and it's not, it's not just the how they're putting it together, and it's not just the why, and it's not just the who. There's this connection of everything that's going on, and, and here's what we do at the advance. It's like we walk these guys up this ladder. I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes where you can go there and get more information, where what we really think is if you can define what you want to do. See, there's a lot of dreams that people have, but we've been so afraid to even articulate them, much less walk towards them, right? There's a lot of dreams people have, and if we can articulate them, then we can start going towards them. But if you can articulate it and you know how to go to it, you're going to get even farther, right? And and if you have a reason, like that's going to empower you up that ladder even more. And if you know who you're going... See, it's like we just walk people up this ladder of what to how to who all the way through. And so, um, yeah, the advance coming up in a couple weeks. I'm going to put the link here to where you can learn more about it. And as I do, you know, maybe that's it for the day is may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord be gracious and shine His face of favor upon you, just as I say every time we sign off. And and may you sense that you're destined for greatness. May you sense that there's more to your story. And may you not be afraid to define what those dreams are. And may you figure out how to do them. And may you figure out that drive in the heart. And may you figure out who you're walking with. And may, as the message is for the guys, every single time they come to that advance, may you realize the greatest work starts not just with the who you're walking with, but it starts with you and figuring out that greatness and that destiny and that design that's in you. Peace.